What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer at the New York Stock Exchange. David Faber's in Sun Valley. will join us in a moment to talk about that exclusive with Disney's Bob Iger a few moments ago. Meantime, stocks power on as yields fall to some one-month lows. Uh, producer price inflation comes in light, nearly flat year-on-year. Year. Q2 earnings began. and got Pepsi, Delta, and more. Our robot begins with Disney, though, extending Iger's contract through 2026. David got a lot in his exclusive interview. We'll get to all of that. June PPI is we said, cooler than expected on a monthly and an annual basis. And earnings in the consumer, Delta and Pepsi with quarterly beats and both raising guidance. Let's begin, though, with uh, Disney and Iger. Jim, we'll talk to David in a second, but ESPN, Linear TV, the parks, the strike, box office, he got it all. Yeah, he did. And you know, to me, uh, between the lines, what I heard is, listen, you may be really worried about how much money we're spending, but we've got partners. We've got people who want to be in it. You may think that what we've got is an old lineup that's not doing anything, but we got new people who want to be in. I'm going to ask David, of course, Apple, such a natural, because at the uh, Vision Pro, there was Bob. Uh, I felt Bob was most tremendous when he just said, look, you all of these articles you hear about parks not being that good, which is what a lot of people did, the whole like pictures being sent of empty parks, not true. Parks being, once again, the edge that they have over Netflix. So I like what I heard. I own it for my travel trust. I mean, to me, Iger is readdressing a lot of things that we kind of gave up on. You know, movies that are not working. He's talking about movies that are working. Parks not doing well. Really worried about the cost of sports. I feel better about a lot of things. Um, it didn't really, you know, I also feel better about Bob, the health issue. I didn't know. That was kind of like an Elon Musk. I was waiting for him to do a little Princess Bride answer there. <laughs> but uh, I do like the extension because it seems to me that what Bob's doing is getting the new guy the right hand as opposed to giving him a hand that doesn't even have the Hulu solved. By the way, the Hulus sound very interesting. Well, of course, we're involved, Comcast. Yep, here we are. And there's a lot of people worried about the balance sheet. I was The confidence that Bob showed uh, made me feel better about the balance sheet. I wanted a question about the dividend. Don't have that. Yep. Uh, talked a lot about uh, transformative thinking, the yes. expansive in our thinking. Uh, David, I have to imagine um, you probably feel like Iger broke a little more glass uh, than you might have expected. Oh, sorry, guys. It's cold here. Um, yeah. You, if you didn't, you put that short sleeve uh, shirt on yesterday. You threw me off entirely. It get it, it goes up like thirty degrees over you know <laughs> over the course of the day. It was forty eight degrees. I think it's probably fifty right now. Um, sorry, but uh, just trying to warm up. You know, listen, you uh, broke, broke a lot of glass. He 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 certainly didn't make things. He didn't sugarcoat things, did he? I mean, yeah. in terms of the the current state of the linear uh, cable market, for example, or linear networks, and obviously, what do we got? We got a uh, I think a bunch of news, right? It's ESPN, which you guys already quickly hit, but we can certainly talk about in terms of partner, JV, what they do there, and seems to be timed with when they do take it to a full streaming uh, service. Um, 
and then ABC. And the, uh, listen, we've known for a long time, Jim. ABC, uh, you know, the O and O's. It's uh, not necessarily core, but just to hear him sort of talk about that and FX, that geo, and you know what they may be thinking as 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 those go along. Those were two pretty important moments, um, and continues to obviously think that they're going to get to profitability in, in streaming, which still is the most single important thing that he needs to accomplish in these next few years. Um, speaking of these next few years, of course, I did ask him initially, well, you know, why the need to stay around another two years beyond what he had originally agreed to? I came back to the company at the request of the board. as a company that I started working at in uh, 1974, 49 years ago when it was ABC and we became part of Disney. Uh, and I obviously have deep passion for the company and in the business. And I care a lot about the people. Um, and um, after coming back, realized that the company was facing a number of challenges, some self-inflicted, some caused by changes in the business, you know, large-scale disruption of certain parts of the business. And while a lot of work has been accomplished in the seven or so months that I've been back, the board believed, and I agreed with them, that there was a lot more work to do. And the timetable that we initially established, which was two years, you know, seemed like it was putting undue pressure on us, even though we're getting at the work really quickly, but to accomplish everything we want to accomplish. So part of it was designed for continued stability and continuity, and also to give a, a team of very talented executives who work with me you know, time not only to help me through what is a challenging period, but to develop themselves. Yeah. Uh, you know, we sat down in February. You'd been back a couple of months. Um, and I did ask you if two years was too short a time. Uh, and you said, quote, you can get things done very quickly. Uh, setting the company up for success is what you were talking about. So I wonder, did something change in your calculation of how quickly you can get things done? Well, we've gotten a lot done very quickly. Significant cost reductions, a complete realignment of the company in terms of its structure, some major changes in terms of personnel, dealing head-on with some of our biggest challenges, and, and also looking for opportunities. I actually am quite pleased, as is the board and the team, with how much we've accomplished in a short period of time. But there are a lot of challenges out there. And, um, you know, there's just so fast you can go with certain things. And in some cases, the market has to cooperate. In many respects, some of these businesses are still recovering from COVID, for instance, uh, dealing with some you know, complexities in terms of continued disruption, as I mentioned, which we'll talk about. Um, but I, I'm pleased with how much we've gotten done, but I also know how much we have to get done. You know, and I think during the course of the rest of the interview, guys, you got a sense as to exactly why... Uh, the board did ask Iger to, to stay till the end of 2026. These are not easy times, and it is going to take a while, Jim, to sort of yeah. try, in his opinion, to work through them in an effective way. And again, uh, not just resolve some of those uh, questions about some of, of the other businesses, but get um, direct-to-consumer uh, to profitability. By the way, they're in a quiet period, I should add. We didn't and couldn't talk specifically about a lot of numbers. Um, you know, they have said previously direct-to-consumer would be uh, break-even by the end of 24. Expectation most likely is they're going to stick to that. But that's one reason why we didn't get specifically into sort of numbers. As he sort of indicated, at least the quarter that just ended, Jim, probably not a great one, right? Oh, I, thank you. I mean, because, you know, David, here's what I heard. Uh, for as my for a position I have in my chapel trust, this quarter bad, next quarter bad. 
uh, just not there. Uh, can't change horses yet because there's too much to clean up. David, I did not feel good about the earnings. I did feel good about the vision. But I just don't think if you buy it right now, I, I don't think you're going to be happy when you see the print. Yeah, um, it's August 9th after the close, I believe. And we'll find out. But, uh, you know, the ad market is not the greatest. He obviously indicated things have gotten even worse than he thought they would in a quicker fashion. I've talked about this a lot in terms of uh, cord cutting and what's happening in the linear cable world. Um, And Parks, you know, now he defended attendance and said that journal story was just not right, um, giving sort of the background in terms of Florida. But all those three, Jim, are not great for earnings no. in the near term. Obviously, he's, he's focused on the longer term, and now he's got you know, a lot more time to sort of play it out. But, you know, David, I keep thinking that he was in Tim Cook's presentation of, of the Vision Pro. And when we looked at this, this was the single best way to see a game that I've ever seen. What a natural partner. And yet, of course, he did not tip his hand to you. But to me... It's Apple, Apple, Apple. Someone who, who won sports, he's got sports. Someone who's long on money, he's got production. David, it's the natural, and it's the way it's got to work. That, and we get Hulu done, and next thing you know, you've got a company that could offer dividend that might have some upside next year. But I guess none of these deals are done, and it's, they're all taking a lot of time. Yeah, um, I, you know, your point on Apple's a good one. I, I, I he, he was not going to get into who, but it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it, as that comes around and your ability to actually watch live sports with, with that Vision Pro and how they could partner with them in terms of technology and or distribution. Yeah, um, it made it no sense to have him in there. bears watching. <laughs> what was he doing there? Right. <laughs> you know, it wasn't just like, oh, and now let's have this guy who's kind of checking out. Uh, hey, David, one last thing. You have this existential ability at the end of these interviews to really make a, make a difference. I mean, Bob is 72. Do you know something? <laughs> I mean, could he go to 80? Could he go to 85? I mean, the guy, 49 years, I think he's just getting started. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's doing great and uh, obviously still has the energy and the uh, wherewithal to, uh, to compete at a very high level, as we like to say. And you but, played um, your hand, David. I, you played your hand. You're not going anywhere. I thought that was significant. Well, I, did, I said I'm not going to retire. I didn't say I'm <laughs> not going to do different things, Jim. Oh, all right. All right. I mean, I'm not ball. you. I'm not you. Not <laughs> no, retiring doesn't yeah. mean that you don't work less. You know, no, it just means retiring. you're not sitting, <laughs> sitting and catch them like and, yeah. and relaxing all the time. But no, so beautiful. But, uh, you know, Maybe Carl, I will retire. I don't know. Uh, Carl, I heard and just to. Carl, I heard that the theme parks are doing great. And you know what? That's been you, you think about Netflix's theme park, which I've not been to. It must be extraordinary because their numbers are incredible. Uh, as for the strike, David, uh, interesting answer. He called it a shame, uh, disturbing. You know, he talks a lot about the business changing and how the company needs to be flexible. But I, I don't know. Is his view that the actors and the writers uh, need to stay need to sit still? Um, I, you know, I think his view is that they're being unreasonable in what their ask is, and we're going to get the strike from the actors, uh, most likely announcement later today, right? So, yeah. um, y- y- you know, his claim is, you heard it, that they haven't adjusted to the new economic reality and they're making a mistake. We didn't really get into AI 
and how that could impact or what you could really, how you could use it to, um, to deal with this interregnum here where you're not going to be getting a lot of, uh, lot of content. But um, uh, he clearly, guys, was, was uh, very un- uh, unhappy to, uh, to be facing not just the writer's strike, but most likely as well the Screen yeah. Actors Guild. Yeah. DeSantis, first, first, writers. Uh, first double strike in six decades. Yeah. And we'll watch for the vote announcement later this morning. Incredible interview, David. Uh, I'm glad they gave you the space. Uh, and the live shot doesn't hurt either. <laughs> David Favor uh, in Sun <laughs> Valley. Carl. Move on to markets, of course, on track to open higher after three days of gains. S&P NASDAQ hitting levels not seen since April of last year. Today's producer prices, Jim. Almost a goose egg year. Once again, you, you've got the these big data numbers working well, uh, but we've got to see an unemployment number with a four. Uh, which is you can't ever, if you're the Fed, say you know what, we've got to uh, we can stop raising because of PPI and CPI because what what's going to happen is if we have wage inflation, as I'm talking about for particular industries, then he, he just can't afford to to look weak. Can't afford to look weak can't. The credibility of the Fed is going to be on the line if he reacts to these numbers, and then we get an unemployment number next month that is really, really right. hot. Although consensus is negative payroll growth in the next six months well, uh, for, for Q3 and Q4. I still don't see the layoffs. I see some layoffs. I see strikes. I see strikes in auto. I see strikes in transport. I see strikes in writing. UPS. UPS. We'll I mean, strikes are not what the Fed wants to see. Um, you look at the numbers for PepsiCo, some disinflation. For Conagra, a little disinflation, but no rollbacks. Remember, we, Powell wants rollbacks. Powell is not satisfied with, you know what, going in the right direction. What Powell wants is it's going in the right direction. It's going down. I mean, deflation. He wants Which deflation. historically, you don't really want to see in a growing economy. Well, we want to see the stuff at the supermarket go down because that everybody has to pay. Look, I think that, that Powell's winning, okay? But the, the coup de grace would be, I know it sounds bad, I'm not rooting for layoffs, but the coup de grace would be that there's a lot more people unemployed and therefore they can go to work on these different projects that the Fed is funding, of which I'm telling you it's hundreds of thousands yeah, of jobs. Yeah, this is Because they kind of misjudge. Yeah. They misjudge. Although Pepsi North America beverage volume down four got some people's attention this morning. Well, at the same time, I, I, I look, I thought that PepsiCo had tremendous, tremendous strength in terms of share take. Uh, now, the stock up for that typically does does not hold because there are people who will start looking at numbers and say, well, listen, I, I poked some holes in this and Quaker's not that good and Frito-Lay's good, but we're not seeing the big growth in beverage that we would like. But you know what? It was a, it was a real good quarter. Uh, and they're, But they're not seeing, and this is what I don't like, they're not seeing the, 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 their raw costs come down yet. I was surprised. Uh, Hugh Johnson told me that I shouldn't have been as aggressive as, as I, I didn't come out aggressive, but as bullish as I was about raw costs, mm. because I do think raw costs are coming down for Procter. Uh, but I don't know. It, it's good. It's really good number. The algorithm's good. Ramon LaGuardia's got that as a growth company like you wouldn't believe. They only buy back a billion dollars worth of stock. But this is a serious growth company that nobody saw coming at the same time. Uh, you should have had that margin expansion. We didn't have that. I wanted. We have some. If you include Celsius, which is hot. Celsius is the hottest thing. I'm not 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 the yes, crypto, not, not the crypto Celsius. <laughs> right. That's the wrong Celsius. Yes. That's a, no, no, no not that. Set of you can't drink that stuff for uh, this morning. But um, you know, I have my four or five Celsius this morning. 
Untrue. You can't say having a five-hour energy drink. Send me one of those. Again. Throw that over. But I do think that PepsiCo had really good numbers. It's just that I want to see deflation everywhere, and you didn't see it. Uh, we did get some uh, deflation in airfares yesterday, and that brings us to Delta. With oh, the B what a number. Raise guidance. Bastion even suggests that corporate travel could come back in the I, fall. Bastion was at his best. Uh, he was great. People, look, we are doing, I continue to say, and I know that ConAgra wouldn't disagree because they reported this morning, we are, we are long on money and short on time. And everybody's being hurt to some degree by travel. Now, PepsiCo has a terrific convenience store business, and that's red hot. But people are going places, and they're on Delta. The load factors are incredible. Look, you can't get enough planes. And Bastion was, uh, there's something about Bastion I just, you know, when he gets together with Phil, you sit there and you say, you know what, next time I want to go Delta. He's <laughs> like, well, you know, I want to go to Delta to Iceland. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, he was so, so positive. But people are traveling like they never have because they understand that there's only a limited amount of time and we're not going to just sit there. These people, by, obviously, the people who are working at home, they're still working at home. They haven't come back yet. That's insane. But we don't know if they're really at home. You see, they could be working from anywhere. <laughs> That's, right? That is part of the issue, yeah. yes. I mean, they could be working. They could be uh, taking Delta someplace they want to be, be in an Airbnb, numbers going up, and make you think that they're working. Well, that home. was actually part of Bastion's point, is that corporate travel comes back, because but maybe Fridays, Mondays are loose, long Three weekends. Three-day weekends. Yeah, yeah. Now, the, I, I'm not quite sure what those are like. They must be exciting, people going places. I did go away for the first time. I went. I missed seven business days. First time since '77. Is that true? Yeah, '77. My little, you know, Bob Iyer and I are pretty much the same <laughs> age, and he's 49 years there. But I, I, I've logged 50 without a break. <laughs> so tell me when he does well, that. I'm just glad you're back. Uh, I was a tough time without you. When we come back, uh, the FTC uh, not giving up on trying to block Microsoft Activision, the agency to appeal that ruling, as Lena Khan goes in front of House Judiciary later on today. Take a look at the pre-market. Got some energy M&A. Got some calls on. Domino's, Coin, Carvana, Palo Alto, Meta, Snow, when we return. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create. Like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Let's get Kramer's mad dash as we count down to the opening bell, Jim. When I was thinking about David's excellent interview with Bob Iger, I said, boy, they're challenged on so many fronts. You know who's not challenged on many fronts? Meta. They have trounced everyone. Street numbers likely to be way too low, according to T.D. Cowan. Reels engagement and monetization on fire. Potential for further cost cuts. They're going to be just th- uh, just flooded with money. Threads optionality. You know, what can I say? It is their time. Now, if you look at this, you say to yourself, well, have you missed it? But up 160%. But the world's going their way. 
And it's really interesting because you should never read anything anymore about things that 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 Zuckerberg's doing that are bad. Yeah. Now, TD was around, they were at 220. Right. Uh, and 345, <laughs> are you getting the sense that we're not seeing aspirational targets anymore? No, we're not. Uh, but one of the things I really, when I look at what, what what's going on, I look at this uh, a company and I think how few people they really need. And that's what's incredible. And you, you know how uh, when Musk came in to Twitter, he was able to fire lots of people. I think Zuckerberg figured that he could fire a lot of people and still make a lot of money. Now, we do, you know, he's got this meta thing, right? I mean, it's out there burning money like it's no tomorrow. But nobody talks about that anymore. Really. A few quarters ago, I'd sit there and tell you, look, there's a black hole. They don't know what to do. It's Disney Plus. No, it's Reels. Now, I, I'm on Reels all the time. I can't believe how good it is. <laughs> the man is, you know, what can I say? He's just, he's changed. Yeah. I think he's matured. Uh, I think people find him to be uh, more, He's let's say he's, He's not hilarious, but he's pretty funny. Yeah. Well, the idea that the uh, there's a there's a further trade in the operating leverage story. This is in, huge. The, in the OPEX story, that's, that's interesting. Because right, some what people really thought, should. well, what more can they do? Yeah. I mean, what I'm saying is, is that you're going to have EPS here that it's just going to blow you away. Just going to blow you away. And he's not even done. I, it, unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Good job. Uh, we got some earnings before we get to them, but it won't be long uh, before we're looking at their quarter as well. Opening bell coming up in uh, four and a half minutes. Don't forget, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. Just listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Goldman Sachs desk out with a note about the S&P saying the S&P is now 3% higher than it was when the Fed started hiking for the first time in 23. We're currently being asked by multiple clients if we think the S&P is now on track to clock an all-time high before year end. I'm going with the yes on this. This is John Flood, one of their desk voices, Jim. Yeah. Too aggressive? No, because, it, like I said, I think the Fed has to stay up. But I don't think it's going to make it. So the economy is not in a slowdown or a crash landing. The economy is going fine. We'll get unemployment back to foreign change. We will see at a certain point some wages that will stabilize to maybe go down a little. Uh, and in that environment, you can buy a PepsiCo, but you can buy a Caterpillar. So, I mean, look, I, I, I don't want to say I'm wild bullish because I'm worried about the federal government stimulus money. But I think that I really do. Yeah. You got, I, you got me in mind? Well, all I can 
say to the Bears is, corner. Watch the show and you'll know what I mean. Corner. <laughs> let's, let's get the opening bell here in the CNBC real-time exchange at the big board. It's Marti Technologies, a ride-hailing app in Turkey, celebrating a recent listing via SPAC at the NASDAQ. Abacus Life, a buyer of life insurance policies, recently listed via, via SPAC as well as we are... Nine points at the open here from 4,500. There is money on the sidelines that's coming in. Look, I think that when you get, when you start your early season with something as strong as Pepsi, it does make you think, wow. But I see a lot of companies where the numbers are being raised. I see so many price targets being boosted. And I also see a lot of shorts. I mean, uh, look, there was a, 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 there was a piece today uh, about Carvana. Oh, it, yes. It, 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 was a, it was a painful piece. Uh, JPM cuts to underweight. It, it, yeah. They go to 10. At 10. Uh, Carvana, see, now this is the type of thing we're, we're beginning to see. They're going to 10 on Carvana, but Carvana's at 35. Okay, so that meant they stayed short. It meant that they were wrong. The bulls and the short busters are in control right now, and you need to see some really bad numbers from the banks to get them off their game. Now, no one's really expecting any good numbers from the from from the banks, but uh, I just think that that's got to that's their last bastion. Oh, Ed Bastion. The last bastion is the banks must be bad. Because on a day when you have Delta good and PepsiCo good and yeah. Carvana using a $10 target and Disney, where we basically get the, you know, what we're worried about right out there, Meta, stock just going higher. I just find that there's a lot of good news. You read the research. And the area that I think is really starting to percolate, people fixing up their homes. I keep hearing that. Good, good notes today about Lowe's. Good notes today about AZEC, which is the stuff you use, which is kind of faux wood that I like very much. Yeah. About Trex. I, I see a lot of things going right about people making their homes better because they can't sell. They want to keep that mortgage. Uh, and then travel and leisure. That's interesting. I know PPG yesterday, 52-week high. That um, was a good example. Um, Roll cost coming down. People thought we kind of exhausted that trade, Jim. People no. had retrofitted their homes for COVID, no, done no. everything they, they could. They're back. They're making their homes look great because why not? They're not going they're anywhere. They're not moving. They can't. They can't lose that. Look, you double your mortgage. Who wants to do that? Make your house look a little better. Right. Uh, and they're going back to Lowe's and they're going back to Home Depot. Um, David, uh, Jim mentions the banks. We'll learn a lot more tomorrow. Uh, there's some reporting today about maybe some IPOs coming down the pike further. Uh, the information has a piece on liquid death, uh, the water backed by a lot of venture capitalists. Can you talk about the mood out there? I mean, you got Iger opening the door to some stuff. You got Darren Woods and uh, Exxon, which we haven't mentioned yet. Is that getting reflected in the color? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm not allowed on the grounds there, Carl. I wasn't invited, so I'm just out here where we have to sit when we're not allowed in. Um, so I don't know what the talk is. <laughs> I'll just be straight with you. I mean, that said, that's, yeah. David, did you see the what? beat down of Lena Khan in that Microsoft Activision uh, Judicial ruling. Of course, that I was did. a first-class beatdown. Of course, I he did. He was down there. She was and down I, there giving Lena Khan the business. That was one of the worst. The business. Yeah. That no. Honestly, that was basically saying you got to go back to law school because you didn't understand how the Clayton Act works. I cannot believe, David, um, how much of a rebuke that was to the FTC. It was. It was shameful. 
about what she did in this, including when she filed, uh, what she did. You have a million, well, a million pages of documents. You have 30 different interviews, and she does this at the last minute. The judiciary well, is not happy. No, that's true. But there, um, as you know now, and as was expected, I think, although maybe it wasn't briefly, but the FTC has filed for appeal. They're seeking a stay. Uh, it's unclear whether they'll be successful in getting one. I think uh, most would say, no, you will not get a stay, uh, even from a, 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 a so-called liberal judge. But that said, uh, we'll have to wait and see, Jim. And, and then we get to uh, the CMA. Last couple of days, last day, we heard from Bobby Kotick yesterday. I don't know if we have anything from the interview that he did with Julia Borston right here. Um, you know, it's still somewhat unclear exactly what's going on in the UK in terms of, as I reported on Tuesday, this small and discreet divestiture that Microsoft had at least offered potentially as a way to try to get the deal past the objections of regulators in the UK. That process itself has been so hard to fully understand, at least for those of us who aren't as familiar with it, I think. And by the way, the CMA hasn't been around that long. So, um, you know, they're still in front of the appeals, but that has been postponed now um, at the tribunal. All of which is to say, Jim, you know, it, it, uh, there, there's still this expectation that you may see Microsoft potentially try to close the deal very soon, either with the CMA on board or with the prospect that it would be soon and therefore can sort of close it anyway. Because they don't want to have to renegotiate with Bobby Kotick, which is going to cost them a lot more money. Now, Kotick yesterday with Julia did not really discuss that part of it, but that's a key part of it. This merger agreement expires next week. Uh, And so if you want to extend it, you're going to have to pay. Well, look, I know there, look, some of the people got, look, Cater's a zealot at the Justice Department. Lena, a, a, a true zealot. But, David, in truth, this is a vertical deal. The Clayton, that's, the antitrust act does not, is not against those. There is not foreclosing any business. And Nadella has agreed to keep this thing open. More people are going to be able to see Call of Duty than ever. Uh, the um, expert witness was, was the rebuke of the expert witness was so yep. painful to read. I don't get it. I don't know what Britain wants. This is not, this is not Exxon. This, you know, well, they're worried this is listen, not Listen, Jim, we talked about this endlessly. You do know, if, if you listen, you know, they want, you know, they're worried about the cloud business, right? They're, you know, Ugh. that's what, which is a nascent business. So they're making predictions in terms of Microsoft's ability to potentially, um, through Xbox, uh, dominate that, that, that business. Uh, a lot of this has been about protecting Sony, which seems odd to some people. That was Why so odd, US, wasn't US it? antitrust policy so, seems so devoted to de- defending a Japanese company. Um, you know, take a listen to what Kodak had to tell Julia yesterday in terms of at least his view of the deal as it stands right now. I think Judge Corley was very sensible. She was very deliberate, um, clearly understood the details of the case, the law, and made a judgment based on facts and law and wasn't swayed by ideology. I can't imagine the Ninth Circuit would grant the stay. Um, You never know, but I would think that would be highly unlikely and it it just wouldn't be productive. Well, there you have, in terms of the update on the legal side of it, the Ninth Circuit with that stay, he says he doesn't see it happening. 
And then that larger question that we've entertained so often, Carl, which is with the FTC's loss in, in, uh, in the court, in, uh, in the U.S. District Court in uh, San Francisco, will it open the door perhaps to other companies thinking more aggressively yeah. about going after deals? that perhaps thought in the past that they might not. It, it seems unclear still because even the prospect of the FTC coming after you, even if they have no chance of winning, might still make right. you say, well, I, I'm still gonna hold off because it'll still take me 18 months to get this thing through. But it may be a positive sign for those who are also thinking about doing things, seeing that the FTC was beaten, as, as Jim said, uh, beaten back badly in that, uh, uh, in yeah. that decision. Oh, oh, oh for four in court as a uh, Chair Jordan said on Squawk this morning, well, you know, uh, nice piece in, in the Washington Post about uh, the FTC asking for records from OpenAI now. Oh, uh, yeah, I read that. I mean, yeah, okay. And, by, mean, and by the way, Adobe's, Adobe's by breakout would suggest maybe things aren't so bad in terms of regulation. Well, it's the, uh, one thing I would say is you could argue that there is some, uh, look, Adobe has to make that deal, I think, to be really competitive. Uh, but, but I've got to tell you, and David, I, I, I got to bring in here. Uh, I feel that the word that Kodak used that is really swirling in the business world is ideology. That whole work, the crusade that Khan really had going against Microsoft was about saying that Nadella is not true that Nadella is making statements that he will not live by and basically attacking Nadella's character and his ability to be able to be trusted. That's where we are. That's ideological, David. That's a rich person who is being in the targets of this FTC chair. That's what it's about. Well, they would tell you otherwise, as you well know, Jim. They would say that's not the case at all, that they simply are trying to remake antitrust law, which over the last 40 years has become far too permissive and focus solely on consumer good uh, and, and, and that they are you know, looking to actually enhance and, uh, competition and innovation as a result of the moves they're making. Well, they, they say ought to come up with legislation. With attacking rich people. Go go to Congress well, that, and get uh, That would done. appear to be the case because the, yes. the judges may well not be there with them. That's, that is true. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah. Um, listen, wanted to come back to Iger, take a look at Disney, see how things are looking. Uh, on that front as well, as you might imagine, guys been getting a lot of calls and, uh, from uh, just a lot of different people, competitors and the like, given the, uh, the news that was brought up in the interview and yeah. um, progress, certainly. But, you know, Jim, I, I, no. there's the stock. I mean, hard to feel positively near term, uh, hard no, in any all. way to feel positively near term. No, not at all. I mean... Now, I, I, I'm kind of hoping midway through the interview that maybe he's under-promising, he could over-deliver, but by the end of the, end of the interview, I just said 85 or bust, man. I just, wow. I mean, th just a lot of things not going Disney's way right now. They really need to come up with a partner, and they've got to come up with it fast. And I didn't understand what they were really going to do with Hulu. I, where's the money, David? Where's they got to fix that balance sheet. He never, he never talks about the well, balance sheet. I know, you know what, and that's maybe that's on me because I should have asked them more about the balance sheet. They are going to be free cash. They are going to generate free cash flow this year, much more significant significant than last. Um, they are going to buy Hulu. You know, if he didn't make that clear, that's been clear. They're right. going to buy what they don't own of Hulu. The question is only how much they're going to have to pay our parent company, Comcast, uh, what that's going to look like. Um, it, $27 billion is basically considered the floor that very well may be the price, 
sadly speaking, for Comcast, which would argue it should be far higher. But when you look at the metrics and look at the multiples now, what you'd use, you know, are you really going to use a revenue multiple that Netflix gets on Hulu? That may get you to a higher number, but they're going to pay the price and they're going to own it. And then they're going to, it's going to be incorporated with Disney Plus. And, uh, and, and that's what it is. I'm not sure what sound we have on this, uh, or, or, but, uh, but I've been told to, to take a listen. So let's do that. I would say that in some cases the challenges are greater than I, I had anticipated. In what way? Well, I think the, uh, we talked a few times about it over the, over the years, but the disruption of the traditional television business probably is the, the most notable. Uh, I predicted when I was out of the company, I, I made a statement about the future of the multi-channel ecosystem, I think, as I described it, being very pessimistic. And I must say that that prediction that I made is it was actually accurate. If, if anything, I'd say that the uh, disruption of that business has happened at a, to a greater extent than even I was aware, as a, for instance. And that'll be reflected and has been in some of our near-term results. Uh, that said, there are other elements of the business that I have huge uh, optimism about. Uh, for instance, parks and resorts, which is just a tremendous business for us. You know, we're, we're in, invested significantly, but the investments we've made over the years are really paying off today. Shanghai Disneyland, a great example of that. For instance, the, uh, you were with me when we opened up the Star Wars land uh, in, uh, in California some years back. I really believe in the future of that business. We actually have opportunities there to turbocharge, turbocharge that growth. Uh, the studio business, which has been incredibly successful, us movie studios, and drives so much of our other business, like parks and resorts, where the franchises are you know, so omnipresent, and of course streaming. But the studio obviously went through a difficult time with COVID, is coming back, has some creative challenges, but a great set of franchises with Pixar and Marvel and of course Lucasfilm and Star Wars. And then of course there's streaming. You said in a memo to employees, uh, you've made important and sometimes difficult decisions. You're proud of what you, uh, uh, you've accomplished, but there's more to accomplish before this transform transformative work is complete. So what, again, what is the, what's transformative here and what is the work that is going to take another perhaps two years or even more, even after you do leave, uh, right. that needs to get done? Well, the transformative work, of course, is, is making sure that our, course, our cost structure uh, reflects the the economic realities of the business, and that includes disruption. Transformative work is dealing with businesses that are no growth businesses and what to do about them, and particularly the linear business, which we are expansive in our thinking about, and we're going to look expansively about opportunities there because clearly it's a business that is going to continue to struggle. Well, let's stop there for a second then and just and let me ask you about it. Um, we're talking, I guess, ABC, the network, the, the stations, but then the cable networks as well. Yes, correct. FX, uh, Nat Geo. Is it possible you would look to sell them? We're going to be expensive. I think if you can, you can interpret what that word means. You know, we're just getting at that work, but we have to be open-minded and objective about the future of those businesses. Yes. Meaning that they're not core to Disney? That they may not be core to Disney, yeah. Now, there's clearly creativity and content that they create that is core to Disney, but the distribution model, the business model that forms the underpinning of that business and that has delivered great profits over the years is definitely broken. And we have to we and, and we have to call it like it is, and that's part of the transformative work we're doing. Right. Well, we've but, been having this conversation for a very long time. Well, I now, think what I'm in saying in terms is of the erosion time. of the linear business, yeah. and now it's kind of closer to obsolescence. 
Well, I, you know, as I said, when I came back, one of the things I discovered was that the disruptive forces that have been preying on that business for a while are greater than I thought. And so it, you, it's, it's eye-opening, you know, that's, there's, a, um, there's a reality to it that we have to come to grips with, and we have to come to grips with that now. Uh, on, on, by, by the way, um, another business that is really has benefited from that business model is ESPN, but that we're looking at very differently. Oh, but I want to get to ESPN, obviously, but I just to understand. So you don't know what you're going to do when it comes to these linear, the linear businesses, but you are, would be open to ideas that would perhaps separate them or change the structure in some way. As well, I'll, let, I'll, I'll let you speculate. I'm not going to do any speculating now except to say that we're very objective about their future as part of our asset base. Pretty straightforward there from Mr. Iger in terms of the future of both the linear uh, ABC, the network, which we've known for quite some time is not necessarily core, frankly, um, uh, the cable networks. And then just talking about that business being substantially damaged at this point. That said, let's not forget it still generates a lot of cash flow for uh, the companies that have these. I mean, uh, they are going down. There's no doubt. We talk every day about the uh, the ecosystem that has worked so well for so long no longer really being that at all because people are simply cutting the cord and don't have those subscriptions anymore. But it still does generate an important amount of cash flow for the likes of, of Disney, but even more so, for example, for Warner Brothers Discovery uh, and for Paramount. But those are pretty sobering words, Jim. Oh, I thought so, too. And it, it's funny because I was speaking to Hugh Johnson earlier today, the CFO of PepsiCo. And uh, he talked directly about when you want to reach people, you still got to go to live sports. So there is some value to live sports, which brings me again to what Apple's going to do. Because Apple is a company that wants live sports. They have MLS. They need more for Vision Pro. I think that Bob's got something up his sleeve. Or other, otherwise, I, I would like to call a theme park company that has good cash flow and a decent dividend. Oh, my. The one I work for, Comcast. <laughs> uh, Benchmark today uh, does stick by their 49 target on our parent. Uh, they do argue that whether it's the mix of reality on Peacock or right. uh, that we might be less affected by the strike Wasn't than some something? others. WBD's down almost 4% this morning. Yeah, and then Hulu. I mean, it looks like, I mean, look, I don't want to talk too up. I mean, one of our, uh, we were talking in our office today about Comcast technically is at a breakout. Now, that's something I don't think Brian Roberts, our CEO, is focused on, nor Kavanaugh, our president. But the fact is, is that I felt great about Hulu. I was worried that that money was, that you couldn't count that, but it's going to be countable. Yeah. Uh, David, the other thing is, Derek Thompson of The Atlantic makes a great point that Iger's first tenure was marked by adding Marvel, Pixar, Lucasfilm, Fox, and that the second round will might be characterized by a subtraction. Yeah, I mean, that certainly seems to be a possibility. Um, you know, we didn't talk about the idea of any large acquisitions. It's hard to imagine at this point, and obviously given our conversation about antitrust still, the consolidation that may need to come may not be include Disney when it comes to media and entertainment. But uh, Carl, you're right. Uh, they are now sort of what I guess he would say optimizing the company for this new future, which would potentially not include certain parts of it. No. We'll watch uh, Disney, of course, uh, and its, it's effect on the indices. Dow's up 85. You got yields here. Take a look at bonds uh, as uh, we got PPI again, almost flat year on year. That's the lowest in three years. Uh, yields are about a one month low. You got the VIX. 
closing in on a 12 handle again. And the dollar, interestingly, breaking 199 this wow. morning. We'll be right back. Amazon's got some headlines out regarding Prime Day. First day of Prime, largest sales day ever. Oh, my. They argue. Uh, stock's up 2.5% uh, here on a, in a decent tape as the Bulls trying to get above the 4,500 line. Not quite there, four points shy. We'll take a short break. Be back in a minute. We've got uh, three large-scale uh, contracts with third parties, so with uh, companies that are in hard to decarbonize industrial sectors, the fertilizer business, steel business, uh, industrial gas business. This pipeline allows us to continue to accelerate and grow that business, uh, do it at a much lower cost, and do it a lot faster with a very large opportunity to further reduce emissions. Wow. Exxon is now the center of the universe of sequestration. They are the world leader. They've gone from being a company that I felt really didn't care to being the company that cares the most of any one of them. This is a remarkable, this, Darren Woods, this is a remarkable transformation. Quite frankly, remarkable. I love Denbury. It's a great company. They got a very good price. Yeah, uh, using uh, some of their currency here as, yeah. uh, as a leverage. And Jeez, I tell you, things are happening. The oil companies really understand. They hear the drumbeat. They want to. They want to be good citizens. Denbury is the company that has the technology, and Exxon wants it. This was. It, a lot of people thought that Denbury. Would do. I had Denbury on. I asked him over and over again, why aren't they being bought? Uh, but this is about. Uh, I know that there's a lot of people who don't like fossil fuels. But Exxon is the world leader in trying to figure out how to make it so that we wean ourselves off in a good way. Yeah, so, and the optics around this current heat wave uh, add, just adding yes. to the uh, societal pressure. Rockefeller would be just rolling over his yeah. No, Rockefeller's actually, there are two Rockefellers. He, he might have been doing the same There was thing. the beginning when we had 100% of the market, and then the bad one where, um, well, Yes. No, just kidding. Obviously, it was barely at 100%. Now, tonight, I have Nikesh Arora. Yesterday, Palo Alto was down big because of something that Microsoft did. i got to tell you, I'm smelling vaporware when it comes to what Microsoft's doing. Palo Alto shouldn't be down. If you're short, Nikesh Arora, what do I say? Invite me to your funeral. Uh, we actually got some price target increases as yeah, well, people see the spread as manageable. Even, I mean, look, I think Microsoft's real when it comes to buying Activision. I don't think they're real when it comes to stopping Palo Alto. Jim, we'll see you tonight. Yeah. Uh, important day. Uh, Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Dow's up 100, closing in on 4,500. More of David's exclusive with Iger when we return. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. You seek the key, but first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today.